helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I'm never saying he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a <laughs> How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag. And I have high hopes for the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's happening, folks? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer with Alex Dixon, episode four. Thanks for joining me. Before I get into a couple updates, I um, want to do a, a quick shout out. I got out and played some golf this past weekend myself. Played with another local golf podcaster, uh, Adam from Mediocre Golf Podcast. We played up at uh, Poolsville Golf Course, had a good time. Um, really fun guy. I encourage everyone to check out their podcast. It's, it's him. Um, and two other guys, a buddy of his and uh, named Eddie and his father, David. Uh, they're based um, up in uh, Frederick County. Uh, I know Adam's in Mount Airy. I'm not sure where the other two are, but um, they play a lot of local golf courses. Uh, I know Adam works in D.C., so uh, he's a listener of ours. We're a listener of his. Certainly encourage everyone to check it out. A couple updates. Um, thank you to everyone that listened to episode three with uh, John Eisman and Eisman Golf Academy. If you haven't listened to it yet, check it out. If you listen to it and haven't seen his studio down at Laurel Hill Golf Club in Lorton, Virginia, check it out. If you need lessons, give him, you know, he's accepting new students. Um, you know, he's, he's got some studs that he teaches. He's got all the latest tech. He's got a brand new studio. Um, give him, give him a call. He's also got a setup, as he mentioned, out of Twin Lakes in Clifton, Virginia. Um, Update on episode two, Fort Belvoir Golf Course is open. Both golf courses, 36 holes on the Fort Belvoir military installation. If you've played the course before, I'm willing to bet that it's in better shape than you saw it last, or maybe that you've ever seen it. They've been closed for you know two, three months. Ben and his team have put in just a, a ton of work in. Everything that I've heard about the course since I was down there and sat down with Ben says uh, it, it's just looking incredible. So. If you've been there before, check it out again. If you've never been, it's open to the public, 36 holes. Go pay Ben a visit, go play some golf. Tell him I said hello. Um, National Links Trust, uh, they continue to get a ton of press. Them winning the bid to be the uh, new operator of the three golf courses on National Park Service land in Washington, DC. It's just huge news. Uh, tons of media outlets covered that story of them winning from Golf Digest to Golf.com, The Washington Post, and, and many others. Both the co-founders, Mike McCartan, who is on this show, and Will Smith both went on the Fried Egg podcast earlier this week with Andy Johnson. I encourage everyone to listen since that was recorded after they won. Um, I listened to it this morning, really good. And um, we are super excited to be included in the National Links Trust newsletter that went out. They included a link to our interview with, with Mike McCartan and included a logo and a link to, to this show. So that was cool. Thank you to them. All of this is uh, also related to, to this week's guest. I sat down with Craig Kirby of Golf My Future My Game, which is a nonprofit based here in Washington, D.C., uh, whose aim is to grow diversity in the sport of golf and to expose communities of color, not just um, to the game and, and how to play golf, but also all the opportunities that the golf industry and the greater golf world pro can provide. Um, so 
we sat down with him at Langston Golf Course. Uh, we set up the chairs and, and the tripod right in between the chipping green and the first tee and had a great conversation. Craig was actually out there. He brought one of the kids that he works with out to Langston. It was his first day interning uh, at Langston and his name is Hosea. Um, had never touched a golf club, had never been on a golf course and didn't really know much about the game, but was just super pumped to be there. And so we took a couple of videos, got a video of his, of his very first time touching a club and, and, and taking a swing. And uh, we're gonna go back in a few months and see how he's making up, see, see how he's making out, see if he's uh, enjoying working at Langston, see if he's uh, enjoying the game. Um, the reason this is relevant to National Links Trust is, is National Links Trust, as part of their proposal, um, talked a lot about um, you know, working with uh, local organizations around initiatives to continue to increase diversity and continue to, to work with communities um, and underserved communities to, to help grow the game here locally and, and keep the three golf courses very accessible. And the two organizations that they name that they plan to work with are the First Tee and Craig's organization here, Golf, My Future, My Game. So all very relevant. Uh, we had a really cool conversation. Um, after, as a matter of fact, after we spoke, I learned this afterwards, Craig was actually a contestant on the ABC show Holy Moly. Uh, I believe it was uh, season one, episode three. I, I watched it earlier today. Um, I learned that after the fact, so we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but pretty cool to watch him. He didn't, he didn't advance, but it was, it was fun to see if anyone's a fan of that show. Um, but here it is. Check it out. Um, Craig Kirby. Golf, my future, my game. Here you go. Enjoy. All right. We are out here at Langston Golf Course in Northeast Washington, D.C. with Craig Kirby of Golf, My Future, My Game. That's uh, beautiful morning. Um, how are you? Alex, I'm well, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Or as I say, how you making out? I'm making out all right. All right. I'm, I'm always making out all right when I'm sitting out on a golf course on a beautiful day. Yes, sir. So let, let's just start there. So I, I only learned of Golf My Future My Game um, just recently. Um, did some research on, on what you're doing and it, uh, it, everything that I know about it so far is fantastic, but I'm excited to, to learn a lot more about it. So why don't we just start there and, and tell us, you know, what it is, um, kind of what, what, your, what your mission is, and, and you know, just we'll start from there. So Golf My Future My Game, we work with underrepresented communities, and we build strategic alliances around educational curriculums, and we expose, we share with kids. First off, we pique an interest in the game of golf. Sure. We create a connection to the game of golf through their lens, not the lens of, not the lens of some 60, 65 year old mm -hmm. white man or white woman, nothing wrong with that, sure. but um, through their lens. Yeah. And we also highlight opportunities that this industry has, offers, affords. Sure. You know, golf is an $85 billion a year industry. Mm -hmm. As I tell our kids, that's a lot of cake. That's a lot of cheese. That sure is. There are a ton of jobs in this industry that folks just are not aware of. And so we make certain that that is shared with our participants, with our kids. And again, that we have piqued their interest. Um, we also make sure that we build a comfort level in the game. Because as I've heard, 
and I've seen and experienced, golf is a game of invitation. You're invited to the country club. You're invited to play a round of golf. Well, when do you accept an invitation? When you feel comfortable, when you feel as though you belong. And so we instill in all of our kids that they do belong on that golf course, one. Sure. Two, we want the game of golf to be in their toolkit. Because let's think about what the golf course is. It's the, it's the green boardroom. It's where business relationships are made and decisions are, I mean, excuse me, are created and decisions are made. And, and your focus in golf, my future, my game, and maybe you said it's the top, I didn't catch it, but your focus is on, on exposing this to um, certainly the black community that, that is very underrepresented in the sport. To um, communities of color, yes, okay. which includes the black community. Sure. Okay. Um, underrepresented communities Got it. Okay. is what our focus sure. is. And I specifically say underrepresented because you've got a lot of kids whose parents are first-generation lawyers, doctors, engineers. Mm -hmm. So they have moved themselves up that economic ladder. But because they didn't play golf when they were younger, mm -hmm. they don't really know about it. Sure. And so people talk about what they know. And I say that from experience. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And my dad was superintendent uh, acting superintendent of the Dayton Public Schools. Okay. Mom, an English teacher. So we were solid middle class. I passed a golf course a minimum of twice a day. A minimum of twice a day. Nobody ever talked to me or told me about golf. Sure. Ever. Football, basketball, baseball, track. Again, you talk about what you know. Did you ever get to play those courses? I'm playing that course, that course, literally, I'm playing for the first time July 30th. The course that was closest to your home the closest, up. The course that was closest to my home. It's, okay. As a matter of fact, it's Miami Valley Golf Club okay. in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. I am, fi I'm, the first time I'm playing that course is July 30th. Okay. That's, congratulations. Thank you. Thank <laughs> That's you. Fine. I mean, the closest course uh, to my house right now where I live. I live in Alexandria, Virginia, uh -huh. and I run this site, Beltway Golfer. I've been playing golf for, for years and years and years and play all over, all, over, all over the place. But the closest golf course to my house is Army Navy Country Club. I, I actually had never played it. Wow. And, and I, I drive by it all. It's, it's a course I drive by so you get daily. It. Yeah, you, you know, get it. Right, right. Um, that's interesting. So, so how, when did you start Golf My Future My Game? So I started Golf My Future My Game in 2008. Um, I was in politics for 35 plus years, and I was fortunate to have some great experiences. I mean, I started in politics with Reverend Jesse Jackson back in 1984, um, traveled the country with him. And that, that's what brought you to D.C.? That, well, what brought me to D.C. was I had an internship with Common Cause okay. and with Senator Gary Hart. But I was also elected president of the American Student Association, which was a national student lobby for schools all across the country. And I got involved in that because I ran for student senate uh, chair as a freshman. I attended Albion College, okay. which is in Albion, Michigan. Okay. And so I won my freshman year. 
um, was reelected, and then I said, well, you know what, let me see if I can do some national stuff. <laughs> and I did, I won. And so that's what brought me out here. And while I was out here, I met uh, Reverend Jackson's chief of staff at a Christmas party. And Alex, when I tell you I just said some crazy stuff, <laughs> I said some crazy stuff. But she remembered me. Yeah. And um, I started officially with Reverend Jackson in December of 85. So I was with him when he was coming out of his historic 84 presidential run, going into the 88 run. But it was also when he was building the National Rainbow Coalition. Okay. So I learned so much. And, if, and when I think about it, that's kind of the model that I use in building Golf My Future My Game. Because he brought the locked out, the disenfranchised, into the political process. Mm -hmm. And as I think about it, that's what we're doing, that's what I'm doing with our team with Golf My Future My Game. That's great. And so that, that time with Reverend Jackson, that, that was the beginning of a, a pretty long political career for you. It was. It was the beginning of a very long political career. I um, then went and I worked for Councilmember Linda Kropp who was the D.C. Council Chair here in Washington, D.C. And then I got a call from this governor from Arkansas and uh, by the name of Bill Clinton. <laughs> and I went and I traveled with him uh, during the campaign. And, um, you know, let me back up a second. I also was very fortunate to work for Ron Brown okay. at the DNC when he was DNC chair. So I worked for Ron Brown. I worked for, I worked for Alexis Herman. She was chief of staff at the DNC, and she was also the uh, CEO of the 1992 Democratic National Convention in New York City. So I worked on the Clinton campaign. I traveled with then-Senator Gore. They won. We won. And um, I went to the White House, where I was assistant to the White House chief of staff, Mac McClarty. Worked all eight years, well, seven and a half years in the Clinton administration in various capacities. Your office was in the White House? My that? office was in the West Wing, that's yes. Pretty, it was pretty. right next to the White House mess. <laughs> so that? that's where I started to grow this, you know, because I could <laughs> go to the mess and just get a burger every now and then. Right. So you're the first guest on the Beltway Golfer that uh, used to work at the White House. So I'm, oh, I'm really? Excited. That's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I think what you're doing, man, and really is, is, is fantastic. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. You're, you're, you're hitting the real stuff. I appreciate that very much. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on here. So in a, in a long career uh, in politics through, through all these different roles, not just in D.C., but it sounds, you know, it, it, you know really all over the country. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're, you're fair to say you're pretty well connected. You, pretty made, well connected. You made a lot of relationships, you know, yes. a lot of folks. Yes. Um, certainly in this town and elsewhere. Um, how, do, how does that relate to uh, Golf My Future My Game? And, and how do you think those relationships have and will continue to, to, to help what you're trying to do? Well, so the nexus, that's a great question. And it, it all began, the last campaign I did was Mark Warner, okay. uh, the former governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia and now the U.S. Senator. Sure. But he was going to run for president in 2007. He decided that he didn't want to run. So he comes to all of the senior staff and he says, hey, you know, I've messed up your life, what can I do? And we, I'm looking at him like, yeah, dude, you kind of did, jokingly. And so a very dear friend who's passed on, her name was Mame Riley. But she said, Craig, she 
goes, you like golf, don't you? And I went, yeah. And she goes, well, you should have Mark talk to Tim. And I looked at Mame and I said, Mame, who the hell is Mark and who is Tim? She goes, Mark Warner, your boss? I said, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and I said, well, who's Tim? She goes, Tim Fincham, he's the commissioner of the PGA Tour. Oh wow, okay. And I went, oh, they know each other? And she said, yes. I went to Governor Warner and shared with him what I wanted to do. And he was very kind and he made that call to the PGA Tour Commissioner Tim Fincham. Oh, wow. And How long ago was this? This was 2007. That's when the economy dropped. Remember sure. the economy yeah. tanked. Sure. I go down and the commissioner was very kind, had me on the schedule of course, and we were scheduled for an hour meeting. Mm -hmm. Alex, that meeting became a five and a half hour conversation. Not only did I meet with the commissioner, but I also met with his senior team. So Tim Zink, Ty Votal, all these guys who are now commissioners of like the LPGA tour and the Corn Ferry tour, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Joe Lewis Barrow, the former director of the National First Tee Program. Great conversation. And I shared with him the significance of diversity and what I'd like to do. And he said, okay, well, again, the economy tanked. Mm -hmm. And so the golf industry, like everyone else, was not as much concerned about diversity as they were just keeping their own pants up. And I still was continuing this program, trying to put it together. Yeah. And um, 2013, I got a call from Joe Lewis Barrow, who at that time was the executive director, again, of the First Tee program nationally. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, hey, Craig, are you still interested in your diversity initiative? And I said, I am. And he says, well, there's a colleague of mine who I'd like for you to meet. And his name is Steve Mona. Steve Mona was the CEO of the World Golf Foundation. Okay. I uh, flew down with Renee Redwood, who has been with me from the beginning of this. And we presented what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do it, and why we wanted to do it. We spent an afternoon with them, and then we got to go, well, I got to go to uh, TPC, to the Players' Championship, got to play the course. It was kind of cool. I was like, wow, this is what golf can be. You know, I should have been doing this years ago. Sure. But um, Steve looked at me, and he said, I like what you want to do. Um, we don't have any money for this, but we will support you however we can. And I looked at him. And I said, I'm not asking you for a check. I'm asking you for an opportunity. I will have the checks come in when they're supposed to. So I just, Alex, went for it. Nice. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. And it's just like cooking a great meal. Sure. You know, they're, they're, you make mistakes, but you figure out the right ingredients. How do you, for folks that, uh, you know, are just learning of your organization, um, you know, the first T is, is fairly um, 
prominent, well-known in a lot of different cities. And, but you just mentioned, um, you know, one of the founders of, of the first team. Um, just for, for folks that may not know, how, how do you differentiate? Like, so first off, great question. And I've been asked that question a lot. Um, I have a very good relationship with the first team, especially here in the Washington, D.C. area. Clint Sanchez is the ED. Clint and I talk at least one or two times a month. Um, but the difference, in my opinion, is the difference between standard and intent. Golf My Future My Game, our standard is to take young kids of color and prepare them for not only this game, but for life. And I do that because, A, you can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you don't go. Got it. Am I incorrect? So, I mean, the first tee is obviously all about, you know, I volunteered for the first tee right. uh, a couple years ago, um, you know, teaching kids the game of golf and, and the right swing. But it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of what you're doing also is, is not just, oh, this is how you hit a five iron. It's, you know, just exposing them to the whole world of golf. Exactly. And this, would ha this is what happens in the clubhouse. This exactly. This type exactly. of job. These are these roles in the golf world. Just not just this is how you play the game, but this is the entire golf world. Golf is a lifetime experience, and it is unlimited possibilities in this game. And, you know, I want to get back to this first tee piece. Sure. Um, and Clint and I have talked about this. The Lakers had the Celtics. The Rangers had the A's. The Pistons had the Bulls. We both have a mission which is to broaden the game. It's just two different ways to do it. Yeah. You know, as I shared with Clint, some people like sparkling water, some people like tap water. The fact is they're drinking water. Absolutely. And, and that's the key. And the reality is there's a long way to go. And there's a long way to go. So they're, they're, I, I, you can't have too many organizations uh, doing this type of work um, and, and more initiatives. Um, where, where do we stand? Like, you know, you've, you've been doing this for a while. First Tee's been around for a while. Um, there have been initiatives in place seemingly for a while. Where, where do you see just the, the, the game of golf in general as far as, you know, are we making progress? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, so first off, the largest room in the world is improvement. We have to remember that. I will tell you that from Golf My Future My Games perspective, we've made progress. The first tee here in Washington, D.C. with under Clint's leadership has made progress. And I say that because National Links Trust just received the bid or was awarded the bid for the three golf courses here in Washington, D.C. The two organizations that they're working with, Golf My First Tee and Golf My Future My Games. So we are partnering up on our missions and we are attacking the problem so that we can get these kids off these streets and on these courses. So, you know, I, I'll tell you, Alex, when I first started this program, I had a mom come up to me, I had a mother come up to me and she said, Mr. Kirby, thank you so much for what you're doing for my child but don't tell me about my choices 
if you don't know my options. And Alex, when she said that, I looked at her and I went, I understand. So for us, it's about being able to create these options so that these kids can have choices. A lot of the kids Can that you go I, a little deeper into that one. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I know what she meant and I, and, I, and I get it, the difference between choices and options, but explain a little bit. Like, so, you know, essentially what I'm what she was saying is don't tell me what I can do if you don't know that I can do it. All right. If I can't get my kid to the golf course, I, you, you're not helping me help me help myself so that I can help you and again it's all about creating these options for these choices to be made you know we've got a young man over here Hosea who's going to be one of our interns this year a DCPS student first time on a golf course very first time on a golf course today has no idea what opportunities there are. But the fact that he came here mm -hmm. today, he has a whole new life and doesn't realize it. You know, last year, um, we've got a program in Detroit, Michigan with the Detroit Housing Commission. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to Detroit tomorrow. But day one, Monday of the tournament, I'm walking onto the course and I see this young man in the caddy area. This is, this is the PGA Tour stop. This is the PGA Tour stop. I'm yep. sorry. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Yep. The Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. So there's the a great, Detroit I'll Golf share Club. this. This is a great video online where you, you, you brought a bunch of kids. Yes. Uh, from the, the Detroit the, Housing uh, Commission. Uh -huh. Out to the tournament. Correct. To kind of expose them to the, the Correct. what's going on out there in the world of Correct. PGA Tour. Correct. Yeah. So what we did, just so you know, we did a six-week inaugural program. It's our Golf Who Knew program which essentially, essentially, excuse me, piques that interest that I shared earlier. And so we then begin to create that connection to the game. So for six weeks, we shared with them golf, the industry, the opportunities. And then the highlight was them going to that PGA tournament, which for them, for many of them, for all of them, was the first time they'd ever been to a PGA tournament, ever. I'll never forget one girl, Azaria, um, she had a chance to shadow a caddy. His name was Wayne Birch. Wayne is a friend of mine. Yeah. And Wayne said, yeah, please let her shadow me. So Azaria, that day, that one day she was there, well, she was there all week, but that one day she got to go inside the ropes. All right, so she got to go into the caddy, the equipment trailer. Had she ever been on a golf course? She had never been on a golf course. And I'll never forget her saying, I didn't know there was this much green. Just, she had never yeah. seen that much green ever. And so she was able, Alex, to shadow Wayne, who was so kind with his time. And Wayne is the uh, caddy for Troy Merritt, okay. who's on the PGA yeah, Tour now. She went to the, the caddy tent. She actually walked the course with Wayne as he was doing his reads. Mm -hmm. And I've got pictures of that. Yeah. Um, it was just so cool. 
And then we also had the kids go to a pizzeria where they made pizzas. And the owners said, hey, listen, if you guys, you know, if you want a job in a couple years, let us know. Again, being on the golf course. And then we were able to, you know, talk about STEM, STEMA, which is what STEMA, excuse me, which is what I call it, science, technology, engineering, math, and agriculture. And I include that agriculture because look at all this grass. Golf course superintendents are major players. I mean, without them, none of this exists. You know how many jobs there are in that world? Again, our kids just don't know about it. They don't exist, right? No, but I'm sorry, I I just kind of went off tangent. but so I get there that Monday to the Detroit Golf Club mm-hmm. and I see this young man with a barber stool and all of his barber items. And I look at him and I go, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, the PGA Tour contracted me to cut hair for the caddies. And I looked at him and I said, huh? And I, he said, yeah. And I went, wow, if you think about it, the grind of the tour is so much that these PGA tournaments, and I applaud Jason Langwell, who's the executive director or the tour director for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, they've got to find value added things for these players and their families to come. That's certainly not something I, I've ever thought about or would have even considered that they, that they actually contract a barber for the players. on tour. Exactly. Makes- Obviously, makes all the sense in the world. I exactly, never, never would have considered it. Um, so going, so you had mentioned, um, you know, you you're going to be working with the National Links Trust. So Correct. That, that that's really exciting. Um, so the future of the of the three golf courses in Washington D.C., uh, including where, where we're here today at Langston, um, is there a lot of optimism? For, for there, you? there is a lot of optimism. You know, I sat down earlier this year with Will Smith, um, and I've had a conversation with Mike. But I applaud them for working with folks in areas that are not their strength. Everyone has a strength. You know, it's just like a football team. You've got a guard, a tackle, a tight end, and an end, and a quarterback. And we all bring to the table our, our strengths. And so as the courses will become the best courses in the country, the community engagement, the civic participation, the opportunities will also be shared. I mean, these golf courses will be what they actually were built for back in the day. They become the hub where families can come (coughs) and get exercise and play a game and meet different people and maybe get a job. Absolutely. Um, so I know one of the things, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot going on in, in the world right now. Um, and looking for ways to um, certainly um, support the black community um, and to, to find out, you know, learn about different organizations uh, where they can lend their support um, and show, you know, beyond just uh, the protests and demonstrations that are going on, but but figuring, you know, learning about more creative ways to support. Right. How, how can people support Golf My Future, my game? First, they can go to our website, which is 
www.golfmyfuturemygame.org and they can see what we do. Uh, we take volunteers, of course, we take contributions, which helps us with our daily expenses. Um, but, you know, what we're also doing, what we are doing is we're becoming action oriented. And what I mean by that is where America is right now is bad. Let's just say it's, it's dark times. Um, two weeks ago, I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we were able to begin a program in Minneapolis. I was able to build a strategic alliance between Caddy U and the Tony and the Sine Foundation. Um, is, I don't, I'm not familiar with either of them. So, uh, Caddy U provides Caddy jobs for kids. We actually train kids to become Caddies. Mm -hmm. The Sine Foundation is a community-based organization that works with communities of color. Okay. I was able to put these two organizations together because Mark, who is CEO of Caddy U, a great program, but they were missing kids of color. And Mark didn't know how to get them. Mark and I had a great conversation, and I sat back and I said, okay, where in Minneapolis, St. Paul, do I connect with to put these two together? Interesting, so is that, is that kind of part of what you're trying to do and, and your initiatives around Golf My Future My Game is, is you know brokering those relationships yes. and brokering those okay you know th th this is a really cool initiative but it's lacking diversity correct it's lacking, you know, correct it's creating those strategic alliances gotcha. and it's helpful that I had the background that I had because of the connections that I was able to make all those years gotcha very interesting um, uh, so you, you brought your intern uh, Hosea here, and so you, you're bringing he, Hosea is going to be um, working an intern at Langston Golf Course. It, Hosea will be an intern here at Langston Golf Course. He will work five days a week, and first time ever, as you mentioned before, first, first time, time ever on a golf course. First time ever on a golf course. So when we're finished with our visit, uh, we're going to take a tour of the golf course. He's going to understand. I mean, he's not going to understand it all in one day, mm -hmm. but again beginning to build that comfort level. You know, he asked me a question this morning, what should I wear? And now for me, I wouldn't give it a second thought, but again, if you've never gone to a golf course, you don't know. Sure. And so we want him to, again, feel comfortable while he's here, while he's learning, so he can learn. Yeah. That's just so important to me, Absolutely. so important to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, gotta, I wanna go back also, if you don't mind, Alex, to how I started playing golf. Yeah, so again, growing up in Dayton, Ohio, I'm at Albion College, it's my sophomore year, and I'm sitting in the living room of the house I'm in, and these three white guys are walking down the stairs, they're laughing, they're talking, and they're like, hey Kirby, we're gonna go play a round of golf. You wanna join us? And I was too embarrassed to tell them that I had never played this game. So I said, sure, let's go. So they're like, come on, man. Were you familiar with it much at the time? I mean, I knew about it. Sure. I'd seen it, but had never picked, picked up, up a club. golf club. On the car ride to the course, they're laughing, having a good time. I'm in the back seat like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> we get to the course, my clubs are there. I rented some clubs. 
and Tomac Golf Course, as a matter of fact. Um, and so we're up on the first tee box. And they go, Craig, you're up, Kirby, you're up. And I went, no, 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 you guys go ahead. You know, I gotta, I gotta let experience go before beauty. And you know, they're all like, yeah, whatever. So, and I did that because I said, I gotta look at what they're doing. I mean, I was an athlete, so it wasn't like I couldn't put two and two together. Right. But I watched what they did, and I went up and I hit the ball. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do it. So I broke the ice, had a great round. I played well enough where they asked me, hey, you want to come back out next week? And I said, sure. I go back out the next week, Alex. I'm on the seventh hole. I'll never forget it. Buddy of mine comes up from school and he goes, hey, Craig, what are you doing this summer? And I looked at him and I said, Mark, I don't know why. He goes, well, how would you like to work on a cruise ship? And I looked at him and I said, huh? He said, yeah, my dad just bought interest in a cruise line and you know it's based out of Chicago and we're about to staff it up. And I figured if you played golf, you'd like to, you know, you liked water. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't understand your thinking, but, but yeah, you know, so what do I have to do? And he goes, just give me your resume. And I go, okay, Alex, I didn't even know what a resume was. So I went back to my dorm room that night, went to the library, went to the Dewey Decimal System, looked at what a resume was, made a copy of it, went back, typed it up gave it to him the next morning he gets it and he's like okay thanks he you know like folds it i'm like uh-uh mark i said you need to look at this and so he goes oh i got you i got you i got you so next thing i know i see him later that afternoon and he goes hey thanks for giving me your resume um my dad is having a dinner and the hr director is going to be at the dinner i'd like for you to to meet him and i meet her excuse me and i said okay so we go to the dinner. The dinner was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're sitting there. I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, all these people just start coming in. Next thing I know, the president, the former president of the United States, Gerald R. Ford, mm -hmm. is coming in. It was a dinner for him. I'm like, what is going on? So then it makes things even worse. I'm sitting next to this woman and I'm just talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Dinner ends and I go to Mark. I go, Mark, I thought you said I was going to meet the HR director. He said, Craig, you sat with her and talked for two hours. I was like, I no idea. oh my gosh. Started working on that cruise ship three weeks later. How about that? You know, again. Started with, your, with a round of golf. Started with a round of golf. And that's why I say the golf course is the oh, green boardroom. Absolutely, opens up opportunities. Exactly. Um, that, that, that's a great story. Let's talk about this. So you get a golf back here. I'm sure you know, folks that are watching are probably looking at it. We are golf. We are golf. Yeah, so I, um, there, I sit on the diversity task force for We Are Golf, mm -hmm. and I co-chair the Workforce Diversity Subcommittee, okay. which is that committee that broadens the pipeline for golf. I mean, for me, again, I harp on these jobs. I, hop on, I harp on workforce development. I want to expand that pipeline so that we have more people of color that know about these opportunities 
and can possibly get a job in the industry. And I'm so happy to be a part of this, di this diversity task force. It's chaired by Dr. Michael Cooper, who authored the 2015 uh, Diversity and Inclusion Report. Okay. And it, you, it shows the numbers where the industry is. And as I said earlier- Are they in the right direction? Uh, we got a lot of work to do. Sure. We've got a lot of work to do. So all of our community-based organizations, organizations like me, I mean, you've got folks all across the country that are doing what I'm doing. I'm Clemmy Perry down in Tampa, Florida, Women of Color Golf. Okay. Um, James Beatty, as a matter of fact, James also sits on the diversity task force with me. And next February, he is having the inaugural African-American golf exposition. So it's just gonna be like the PGA show yeah. in Orlando, okay. but for African-Americans. Interesting. Um, well, this is great. Listen, I, I, I can't uh, support you enough and, and what uh, golf, my future, my game is all about. Um, I know, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a concerted effort here on Beltway Golfer um, to, um, you know, hear perspectives uh, of, of golfers of, of, of color. Um, you know, as, as often as I can um, and, and make sure that, you know, it's, I'm not just sitting down with white dudes every week. Right. No, no one wants to see that. Right. Um, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm real glad that, that we were able to sit down here today and, and learn more about uh, your organization and, and your background and your history and what you're doing. I think a lot of people uh, are going to be excited to hear it and, and are going to want to support what you're doing. Well, thank you. Again, I applaud what you're doing um, and I want to put a challenge a friendly challenge to you. I'd love for his story to be shared. You know, we have an opportunity with a young man who you started with on day one. I'd love to, six months from now. Absolutely. You know, a year from now, two years from now. I mean. For folks that are listening, he's pointing to his intern again, uh, Hosea. Uh, so Hosea Green, right? Hosea Green. Yes, sir. First, first day on the job as an intern at, at Langston Golf Course. Um, we're gonna, after the, after the audio podcast, we're gonna do a little video. Um, I, I think of Craig uh, showing uh, Jose uh, so his way around a golf bag. Uh, but I think that's a great idea. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back um, and, and we'll kind of see, see what your progress is and, and talk to you after you've been on the job for a little while and see how things are going. Alex, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for what you're doing. I mean that. Absolutely. I mean, thank you for what you're doing. This has been this has been terrific. We need each other. Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, just because your feet are lower than your eyes, that doesn't mean that your eyes are better because your feet take you where your eyes see. And so we do what we do. You do what you do. It gets amplified. It gets told. That's fantastic. Uh, all right. This has been great. Again, uh, Thanks, Craig man. Kirby, Golf My Future, My Game. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, Jose, a first day out at a golf course. Lane. Yes, sir. Excited to get started? Yeah, because uh, I've never played golf before, and this will be my first time playing golf with uh, with a real golf with at a real golf course with really golf clubs, all that good stuff. And I mean, you just you just got here when I got here. The first thing you did was sit next to this interview. So, have they told you much about what you're going to be doing? Uh, a little bit of things, but I still need to learn what I'm going to do yeah. until today. Uh, I, I, I'm excited for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So we're, yeah, we're going to come back in, in, a, in a few months and we're, we're going to see how things are going. Okay. Uh, but you've never never had it, held a golf club, never ridden a golf cart, never been on a never, golf course. Never played golf, first time on a golf course, and yeah. So it'll be interesting when we, when we come back and chat in a few months 
to see, uh, you know, you might tell us this is the worst game in the world and you hate it. Or, or I hope that's not the case. No, I will. I love it. Yeah, I will love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm excited for it. Okay, you. me too. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. All right. I got a kid. his ideas. I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about D.C. golf.